Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Spring? Is that you? Warmer temps mean new Allbirds styles. Meet the Super Light Collection, the lightest ever shoes from Allbirds, now in fresh colors. They've designed must-have travel styles for when you need to jet. The lighter-than-air feel and barely-there fit makes these shoes some of the most packable styles ever. That means more comfort and less baggage. Take the Super Light Tree Runner on your next adventure. Its cushy, lightweight foam midsole supports every step, and the extra outsole traction gives you the grip to just go for it. The Eucalyptus Fiber Upper adds next-level breathability to keep you going all day. Plus, the Super Light Tree Runner is comfortable and ready to go right out of the box. So, what can you do in a Super Light shoe? What can't you do is the better question. And because they're super packable, the real question is, where are you taking them? Experience how Allbirds redefines comfort. Visit Allbirds.com and use code SUPER24 for a free pair of socks with a purchase of $48 or more. That's A-L-L-B-I-R-D-S dot com, code SUPER24. Hello and welcome back to the Statman Dave Football Podcast. I'm of course Statman Dave and this is a flaming podcast. This is episode 38 of the podcast. So make sure if you're not listening to the rest of the podcast, which you probably have, go back and listen to them again. In terms of today, we're going to talk the news, then we're going to talk about the Premier League action, diving into the big talking points, who will make the top four in the Prem, and of course the battle for relegation. After that, we're going to talk a little bit about fantasy football and finish off with a tour of Europe talking La Liga, the Bundesliga and Juve versus Napoli. But anyway, first up, the news. So the news confirming Sadio Mane's injury came out today and bad news for all Liverpool fans with the Senegalese star ruled out for the rest of the season with that knee injury. In other news, Liverpool have been hit with a two-year ban from signing academy fairs following uh, they've been found guilty of tapping up a Stoke teenager. Bad stuff from Liverpool. Poor practice. In other news, Amazon are entering the football market. So after purchasing the NFL streaming rights on Thursday nights, Amazon are reportedly interested in taking over the Serie A streaming rights for the 2018 to 2021 seasons. An interesting move from Amazon who appear to be putting some big moves in the market to compete with the big dogs Facebook and of course Google. But anyway, guys, the last little bit of news, uh, Antonio Conte wants Andre Pirlo to be his assistant at Chelsea. That could be a great combination. Conte's aggression, anger and passion with uh, Pirlo sort of laid back, dictating the play from deep. But anyway, moving on, let's talk about Conte's team. That's Chelsea versus Manchester City in the big game in the Premier League. This game was crucial for City to get back into the title race but unfortunately Chelsea won the game two goals to one two goals from Eden Hazard and Sergio Aguero grabbing a consolation goal for Manchester City in terms of the City lineup, though again it was quite interesting no Raheem Sterling a player for me who's been very very good in recent weeks for some reason De Bruyne is being shoehorned out wide in Pep Guardiola's system 
for me, that really makes uh, one. It makes uh, De Bruyne a lot less effective in that wide position. But Raheem Sterling gives City so much width and ability in the one v one situations to create chances and to you know create those cutbacks for City. They scored twenty four goals this season from low crosses into the box, more than any other Premier League side. But it is that Sterling. It is you know Leroy Sane getting in behind these the opposition fullbacks. And without those two players on both flanks, I feel City are a little bit one sided. Today it was a little bit one sided down Leroy Sane's flank every time. It did go to De Bruyne, either cut inside or played it to Navas, who again was ineffective as always. In terms of the good stuff from um, Manchester City, they started very well in the game. Um, the goal was a little bit unlucky in a way, you know, with uh, Eden Hazard hitting a shot that went off Vincent Company past Caballero in the goal. The keeper potentially could have done a little bit better for the shot. But Silva was, was awesome at linking City's uh, midfield and attack in the first half, uh, really getting in between the lines. In terms of stats, he created more chances than any other player on the pitch. Six, in fact, that was twice as much as the next players. But to be fair to Conte, he absolutely killed that in the second half. So Chelsea set up in the classic 3-4-3 in the first half with Conte sitting next to Fabregas. And it didn't quite work out with the space that Silva was getting in behind uh, Kante. And, you know, there was some murmurings from the the, uh, the commentary team saying, oh, Kante is not a world-class midfielder and so forth. This was just a game where, you know, a brilliant manager in Pep Guardiola had exploited something behind the Chelsea midfield. Fabregas and Kante aren't very, uh, you know, you wouldn't class them as traditional holding midfielders. Don't hold the space very well. Don't cover the space behind them. That's not Kante's game. That's not Fabregas's game. Fabregas's game is playing those wonderful forward passes. Was involved in the first goal, played the ball to Pedro uh, before he was absolutely taken or he nutmegged uh, for, uh, Fernandinho and then it was the penalty was given but Fabregas played that forward pass so what Conte did in that second half to shut the space down he kind of switched his system and it looked like a sort of 3-5-2 but lopsided on the left with uh, Eden Hazard staying higher at the pitch next to Costa and then a midfield three of Kante sitting in front of the back four back three sorry uh, and Matic and Fabregas this gave Chelsea a much better protection and they looked a lot better Pedro went to right wing back Alonso uh, was on the other side and Chelsea looked good in the 3-5-2 they looked like they were protecting it and also when you know Whenever they got possession of the ball, they had Fabregas in that central zone to slow the play down or, or clip a ball over the top. But Matic gave Chelsea a lot in terms of uh, aggression uh, in an area where they, they lacked it uh, in stages. But in terms of the player that was obviously freed by Conte, it was Eden Hazard. And he was free in the 3-5-2, but he was also three in the 4-3-3. Something that I spoke about um, early doors, I think five months ago, I discussed Chelsea's system and how um, you had the likes of Cahill and Alonso doing Hazard's defensive work. You know, Alonso picking up the opposition's right back and uh, Gary Cahill picking up the left winger if he was venturing into a dangerous zone. And it gave Hazard the freedom to, to do a bit of pressing, but basically sit on the halfway line and either look to nick the ball back or just wait for the ball to come to him and counter-attack. And it was something that Glenn Hoddle and Steve Manum just kept on going, oh yeah, why is, he, why is he not defending? Why is he not defending? Why are they not attacking down that flank? This system is geared for teams to play down Chelsea's left side because as soon as they play down Chelsea's left side, it opens up massive space on the counter-attack for someone like Eden Hazard to exploit. And he did exploit. It. His game by numbers was fantastic. Four shots, four interceptions, created three chances, three take-ons and of course the two goals. The absolute match winner. But in terms of the stats, interceptions. No player on the pitch made more interceptions in the game than Eden Hazard. Quite interesting, they were all in the same areas. It was sort of in the inside left channel um, for Chelsea when they were defending. So if you imagine Chelsea dropping back into their own penalty area, the back five, um, the three and then Hazard sitting in the inside sort of left channel there. He was picking the ball up a lot there, turning it over and you know starting counter-attacks and it was a 
a great performance from Eden Hazard. Apart from that, I think, again, Conte has, has completely masterminded this success and he's the first manager ever to do the league double over Pep Guardiola. What an achievement from a manager that came to the Premier League with a... Uh, an interesting rep- uh, reputation, or a good reputation in Italy, but in the Premier League, he was seen as someone that you know may not get it right, but he's completely got it right today, and he will lead Chelsea to this Premier League title. Moving on to another club pushing for pushing Chelsea, the only club pushing Chelsea now, Tottenham Hotspur. 88 minutes on the clock and they were 1-0 down against Swansea. But what Pochettino's done with this Spurs team this season, transitioning to this 3-4-2-1 system, is they have such patience on the ball, such composure, and they just create, you know, they create lots of chances, but they wait for you to get tired and then they hit you. In terms of uh, winning points from losing positions, Spurs, number one in the Premier League. And they've won 17 points from losing positions. And that is fantastic. And that's credit to Conte. Now he's moved this side on again this season. But in terms of the, the goal, the, you know, the, the second goal, um, you know, they got the equaliser on the 88th minute. And then the second goal was the one to get the result. They needed the three points, given that they knew that Chelsea um, are ahead of them. They knew they were seven points out of them in the league um, at the start of K so they had to build that back up but it was great patience in terms of what they were doing they were just moving the ball from left to right in a back three Vertonghen on the left hand side switches it to Dyer. Dyer spots a gap ball to the Janssen's feet a little flick and Son with a cracking finish but that patience is something that Manchester United haven't had this season under Mourinho um, and it's something that Spurs and Pochettino are doing so well is waiting for their opponents to get a bit tired to find that right pass but in terms of man of the moment it's got to be Deli Ali. he's been absolutely fantastic again this season he's not just a one season wonder he is a wonder kid 20 years old and this season he's been directly involved in 20 Premier League goals 15 goals and 5 assists which is absolutely incredible for a 20 year old and that makes him in Europe's top 5 leagues the um, you know the highest number of Goals he's been directly involved in than any other player under the age of 21. An incredible achievement again from Deli Ali. He took his goal very well at the back post. It's sort of a classic Deli Ali goal. He's almost like a, he is a second striker in a way, where he does appear in these areas um, that a, a traditional poacher would appear in, but he is coming from this deeper position of central midfield. Took his goal very well and a brilliant ball for the Christian Eriksen goal that rounded off a fantastic comeback for Pochettino. Such a positive manager. What Pochettino would fit so well is Barcelona. You know, he has mentioned his um, affiliation with. Uh, Espanol, meaning they can never be Barca bot boss but that type of performance that type of patience just for me makes him perfect and having someone like Samuel Mtiti at the back PK Mascarano that'd be a brilliant platform we've already seen that under Luis Enrique but it'd be great to see it under Pochettino and the intensity would be back for Barca but anyway moving uh, across to another London attacking midfielder who's grabbing the headlines and that's Meza Ozil he's in a little bit of good form the assist against Manchester City seems to have got his confidence up He's got back-to-back assists in the Premier League for the first time this season, but also added a, a good goal to the uh, the performance. But I think it's all down to Bilic and his West Ham team. Defensively, they're so poorly organised. You know, for the first goal, no pressure on the Ozil shot. Um, nobody watching the runners um, in the middle. Sanchez, you know, blocking the re- the goalkeeper's view in a way, but nobody really dealing with that problem. Um, and then the second goal, Ozil drifting around the pitch for fun, just pulling to the left wing, uh, pulling pulling a ball back to Theo Walcott's side for home. No marking on Walcott, no marking on, on Meza Ozil for that. And then the final goal, Olivier Giroud just fancies a stroll in the penalty area, kills a wonderful shot in. But West Ham are you know in very, very bad form at the moment. And it, for me, it's completely down to Slavin Bilic. And, uh, you know, I did say it. I did say it when he took over the club that his record in teams are interesting. 
He does exceedingly well in the first month or so, and then the performances massively drop off. Defensively, they just open up and they become too easy to play against. That happened at Locomotive Moscow, that happened at Besiktas, and it's happening at West Ham. These trends are something that um, you know the likes of David Gold and, and Sullivan should have looked at before appointing him as manager. Obviously, he's a West Ham legend, and what you know, whatever West Ham he's regarded by the fans. But defensively, West Ham are so so poor at the moment, and with only five points away from the drop zone. It, starting to be they might need to start looking over their shoulders and um, with how contained that is it's something that West Ham really need to get a grip on and start scoring goals and start winning games it wasn't good enough but a good result for Arsenal have had a difficult month or so but I you know Arsene Wenger does sort of hit a little bit for them around April time in terms of the other big team we want to talk about today that's Liverpool who uh, kind of threw a result away against Bournemouth um, the first goal a Wijnaldum back pass that was intercepted by a phobie who slotted home but it was Liverpool really kicked on from there and they played well the Coutinho goal was a fantastic goal his third goal in a week a lovely through ball to Coutinho who side footed home well um, and then you're looking at the the, uh, the second goal Liverpool scored from a Riga Ready to pop the question? The jewellers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com. Hey everyone, I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Fantastic play from Wijnaldum, a great assist, great bit of individual play, and Origi scoring another goal this week. But again, they're cutting out by they're getting caught out by simple things. The goal that Joshua King scored to give Bournemouth the point was such a basic goal to defend. You know, in terms of Liverpool, both of the goals they conceded were massively avoidable. The second goal came from a long throw, and it was reminiscent of the Dynamo Dresden days of Patrick Rodriguez and, and D-Day, who um, I managed for a combined 22, 23 seasons, won the Bundesliga over 13 times, and we were so dominant. But we, we scored a lot of goals from the long throw. I'm talking about foot manager, by the way, before you think I'm crazy. Um, and it was kind of like that, you know... Um, Bournemouth launching a ball into the box it ricocheting around someone getting a shot from the edge of the area it bounced into Joshua King and him side footing the ball home he's been in banging form in 2017 he scored nine Premier League goals only Lukaku and Harry Kane have scored more but in terms of Liverpool it's it's an interesting season a season that they need to address this defensive problems with signings in the window and Sacco going to Palace looks like a 
bit of a silly situation for Jurgen Klopp at the moment. In terms of goals conceded, Liverpool have conceded more goals than uh, Middlesbrough have managed this season. Middlesbrough are currently 19th in the Premier League. That, in fact, was a banging stat from Kev Blondell at Squawker. Holler to Kev. Big lad. But in terms of what does this mean for the top four, of course, we've got to conclude our little top four section. Um, well, I think what it means is Chelsea have won the league. They've only got to play Manchester United and Everton left this season. I think United will give them a good game as do Everton will, but I think the title's there as a seven-point gap right now is a little bit too much for Spurs, and we all know that Spurs choke in the last seven games of the season. Their win rate drops from around uh, 60-odd percent to 40% in those last last seven games. That is with Spurs and Pochettino also at Southampton, so it's one of those things where they do get a little bit tired from this aggressive pressing game, but the counterpoint to that is that they are a lot more patient this year. They're not as gung-ho. They're not as aggressive. They are waiting for their opponent to make that mistake, so maybe maybe I'm wrong with Spurs this season. Uh, So those two definitely in the top four, and then it's going to be a battle between Liverpool, City, Arsenal and Man United. Nobody wants it. Nobody really wants to be in the top four this season. You know, City throwing points away, Liverpool throwing points away, Arsenal throwing points away in recent weeks, and Manchester United just drawing 10,000 games a season. But I do feel good for United back in sixth position. That's the position they want to finish at the end of the season, obviously. Um, But for me right now, in terms of top four, I think City are going to get in there. I think Arsenal. The moment Manchester United and Liverpool, because of their inconsistencies at the back and their inconsistencies going forward, seem like the two teams that are going to miss out, which is bad news for all Manchester United fans. In terms of the, the race for relegation, not really a race, more of a battle against it. Um, there were some uh, interesting results. Southampton beating Crystal Palace 3-1, ending their little unbeaten run Sam Allardyce had put together. It looked like Palace were, were going to continue that with a Benteke goal um, that's kicked off scoring, but a goal from Nathan Redmond, uh, Ward-Prowse and Yoshida gave Southampton the 3-1 win. But the real action was at uh, Hull. Hull City 4, Middlesbrough 2, a cracking game in the Premier League, probably the game of the day. But credit to Marco Silva. Home, Hull's home record across all competitions this season, seven wins, one draw. They've scored 18 goals and conceded seven. Incredible from Marco Silva. And then a player like um, you know Hernandez is getting stuff out of... Players like Nias as well, who's getting goals out of for a player that technically is absolutely atrocious. Marco Silva is doing wonders at Hull. I don't think any other manager in the Premier League could be doing as good a job as Marco Silva right now. In terms of the race for relegation, Sunderland are rock bottom on 20 points. Middlesbrough, second bottom on 23. I think those two are down. It's done and dusted. Middlesbrough can't score. Sunderland are just rubbish under David Moyes. Maybe he's going to give me a slap for that comment, but I couldn't give a flying monkey's. In terms of the other team that's going to go down, it's going to be a battle between West Ham, Palace, Hull City and Swansea. And I'm bringing West Ham into this. You know, the five points isn't big enough right now and they've lost five out of their last five games. They're in absolute freefall and maybe they'll be the guys for the drop. Swansea are looking half decent um, in terms of when Laurenti's there. Hull, obviously, Marco Silva, Big Sam, Palace. I just think that this could be a bad, bad season for West Ham United and it could see them dropping out of the Premier League. But in terms of that, that's enough for the Premier League action. Let's touch on a little bit of fantasy football. Uh, in terms of my team this week, uh, all my three of my strikers, I've gone with uh, Christian Benteke, Aguero and Ibrahimovic at the moment, all scored goals, which made me very happy. I captained Big Zlatman as well. Potentially should have got these two goals with the offside goal. Uh, into midfield, I had Coutinho, Sterling, Snodgrass and Sigurdsson, only getting some luck out of Coutinho again, scoring, you know, I mentioned before, third goal in three weeks. And the back three, unfortunately, zero clean sheets. McCauley with West Brom struggling yesterday, David Luiz. Uh, Walker and in goal Foster in terms of players that I want to bring in this week I think it's going to have to be Joshua King that stat that I read out before in terms of uh, the goals in two 
2017 is an incredible stat. Joshua King in for me. In terms of who I'm going to bring out, potentially I'm going to might look at Sterling if Guardiola continues to not play him. I don't know why. May remove Sterling or maybe Snodgrass. Obviously West Ham in terrible form. Probably Snodgrass actually. So yeah, Snodgrass out and I'll probably bring Joshua King in. But in terms of round Europe, let's finish it off. Let's start in the Bundesliga where uh, Red Bull Leipzig travelled to Mainz um, in one of the biggest games of the day. Obviously, second place Leipzig going over to Mainz. A game that was full of yellow cards. There were 11 yellow cards, in fact, in the game and one red. Full-blooded, full-pressing, full-aggression. But it was all about Emil Forsberg in this game who grabbed two assists, one from a corner and one an absolute audacious backheeled volley for Sabitzer to fire the ball home and a fantastic season for him in the in the Bundesliga he's registered more assists than any other player but also he's coming up trumps from the dead ball situations but also in an open play Timo Werner again grabbing a, you know another goal he's now t- again tied with Deli Alli on 15 goals apiece with top scorers under 21 in Europe's top 5 leagues and of course Naby Keita scored the important goal uh, the last goal another uh, a little, brilliant little move Keita driving playing a 1-2 with Paulson and goal time in terms of where they are in the Bundesliga, they're in second place at the moment, four points ahead of Hoffenheim and uh, ten points behind Bayern. So the, the title race is over, but good uh, good news for Leipzig, who um, you know in the last five games they did struggle. They lost, they drew with Augsburg, then lost to Wolfsburg, lost to Bremen, but they picked up two wins. They beat Darmstadt four 0 and then this result against Mainz is very very positive. And again, uh, you know that that's, that team so exciting to watch and fantastic football all round. Other news in the Bundesliga: Borussia Mönchengladbach beat Hertha Berlin one goal to nil. Uh, by Leverkusen beat Darmstadt two nil. Ingolstadt beat Augsburg three two, and uh, Freiburg with a good away result at Wolfsburg. Moving to Spain, the big clash over there was of course Barcelona versus Sevilla. And it was pretty much the Suarez-Messi show once again. Suarez scoring the first, Messi scoring the second and the third, but both assisting each other. Uh, Suarez scored a wonderful overhead kick. And it's a continuation of this system that uh, Luis Enrique started to play for uh, Barcelona this season with uh, the, the back three and TTPK Mascarano and then the midfield four and obviously the front three that we all know wonderful about. Obviously front three, great podcast. Got to get that in there. But another great result for Barcelona uh, in the league. Um what two points behind uh, Real but obviously Real have a game in hand in terms of Real they won 4-2 in the game against uh, Les Ganas uh, with Morata bagging another hat-trick I've mentioned before he suits the team more than Benzema but Benzema and and Zidane obviously have a very good relationship but Morata this season 13 goals in 13 games wonderful form and could be a real asset for Real Madrid in the the Champions League um, and in La Liga towards uh, the end you know the last six weeks we do have in the season in terms of other results Deportivo La Coruña the hipster team of old drew with Granada 0-0 Alaves uh, lost to Osasuna 1-0 and Malaga beat Sporting Gijón anyway Let's finish things off. Let's round it up with a little bit of a trip to Italy uh, where we're going to talk a, a little bit about the big game which was between Napoli and Juventus in the Coppa Italia. So the game finished three goals to two to Napoli um, but unfortunately losing f- uh, four goals to five on aggregate to Juve. Juve progressing to the final where they will meet the one and only Lazio obviously won beat Roma yesterday. In terms of the game, um, Gonzalo Higuain scored another goal against his former club. Hamzik equalised. Gonzalo scored again. Dries Mertens then came off the bench and with his first touch scored his 20th goal of the season. Insignia trying to battle back, but it was good defensive play again from Juventus. 
who have just looked so good in a, in a counter-attacking and defensive sense. This time it was Geraro that came into the team and played a sort of, you know, midfield runner role. Geraro is one of my favourite central midfielders in world football just because he's so aggressive, he's so up and down and he should be in this Juventus team a little bit more. But Dybala, Cuadrado, Higuain were counter-attacking with such pace and such, uh, you know, swagger in a way. The, the goal, the second... Um, Iguain goal that was assisted by Quadrado was a fantastic bit of interplay between Dybala, Quadrado, and of course the finishing touches were put on by Iguain. But it's a nice system from Allegri. Putting these, you know, central midfielders out wide to cut sort of balances is three flair players in a way, you know, the Quadrado, Dybala, Iguain triangle. So it's quite nice from what Allegri's doing, you know, playing uh, Lima at the weekend against Napoli, doing very well there, and then Storaro this time to sort of counteract the Zielinski effect in central midfield with. Uh, Napoli going with sort of more of an attacking central midfield than uh, Alan and obviously uh, Jorginho but it was a you know a decent game uh, Milik back for Napoli which is good news for all Milik fans you know, I, you know big big fan of Milik but unfortunate that is the season over for Asari's men out of Europe out of the Coppa Italia and out of the title race in Syria but anyway, guys, that's been that for episode 38 of the Statman Dave Football Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. You guys rock. You girls rock. Everybody rocks around the clock. Tomorrow, the podcast will be done from Paris. I'm in fact running the Paris Marathon on Sunday, which um, is going to be a big one. The IT band has been trouble. I've missed a lot of training, but I'm just going to have to go for it, put the odds in and score some goals. Hopefully, uh, we'll win it. Big, big hopes. But anyway, thanks for listening. Subscribe if you're new on iTunes to the Statman Day Football Podcast. And of course, follow me on Twitter. Maybe check out my video on my channel that's gone up today on why Mbappe is the next Thierry Henry. Over and out. See you later. Goodbye. Goodbye.